0: I don't know how this goes. Hey baby, I hear the blues are calling. Tossed salads and scrambled eggs, and maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegged. <laughs> but I don't know what to
1: do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. Fraser has re-entered the building.
2: Hello and welcome to We're Listening, the podcast all about Frasier. I'm Will. And I'm Steve. And today we have
1: a very special guest with us. All the way from Los Angeles, we have Jack Noble, who actually starred in Frasier the Reboot in 2023. Jack, do you want to introduce yourself?
0: Hi, everybody. My name is Jack Noble, based here in Los Angeles. I play the role of Nathan, who appears in episode 10 of the season one of Frasier Reboot. Oh, <laughs> It's an honor to be here. It's an honor to be here.
1: We're really, really grateful to have you and, and for you to give up your time today. It's really, really lovely to have you. And like I say we can't thank you enough for uh, for being part of this today. Actually, we're really excited to have you on. And we've got we some are. hopefully some interesting questions for you to sort of give us responses to and maybe some anecdotes from your time on the show. So, Will, do you want to do you want to get the first one out for Jack to answer?
2: Absolutely. So a really, really simple one, Jack, that you're probably sick of answering at this point, but we'd love to know about your kind of journey into acting whether you always wanted to be an actor so correct me if i'm wrong but you you grew up in in long beach and then you headed correct. you headed to the east coast in new york where you kind of cut your teeth on acting and then you you've come back home i guess to california um and i guess how did that journey kind of west to east coast and back again inform this kind of role as an actor that you found for yourself and
0: how is that journey important to you sure so my journey as an actor began when I was very young, um, in a very unofficial way. Um, I grew up as the youngest of four children, and I was the only boy in my family. So my kind of acting journey began at the dinner table. Um, We had this dinner nook in my house where, you know, my dad would come home at 9pm, we would have two dinners in my house, one for the kids around six. (laughs) And then when my dad came home at nine, he would make us all sit around this this uh circular table and recount our day so we'd go around and everybody would be talking about their day and what happened and I was always the kid who was getting up from the chair and reenacting all the episodes of the day and doing <laughs> impersonations and whatnot so I always was a performative type of person um I was a huge fan of Saturday Night Live okay that was kind of the sho- that was kind of the show that I re- remember watching as a kid thinking, they look like they're having so much fun up there. It would be a dream for me to, to be having that much fun as an adult and getting paid to do it. Um, baseball, actually, was kind of my passion as a kid. I was mm-hmm. uh, a baseball player from age six all the way till the end of college. So acting was always sort of like a, a, a an added-on extracurricular activity. So I, yeah. I didn't More necessarily like – Exactly. I wasn't necessarily thinking to myself uh, at age six, I want to be a professional actor, but it was always something that I did just out of pure instinct. Um, Mm. When I was uh, finally a senior in college and thinking about what I wanted to do afterwards, actually, one of my sisters suggested to me, she said, you know, you've been acting from the beginning of high school all the way through the end of college and uh, my baseball career was over at that point, unfortunately, due to injury. Uh, so she suggested, why don't you become an actor? And I thought to myself, is that even possible? Like, yeah. I don't even know the road to becoming an actor. But I had enough resources at my university that I went to my teacher and I said, hey, is is this something you think I can do? Where do I even begin from here? So she she suggested that I go to New York City, which I was in Boston at the time. So it was a, a short you know, train ride. She said, go to New York City, do a summer intensive program at the William Esper Studio, which is a a six week kind of acting intensive conservatory program Mm -hmm. and get your feet wet and see what you think. Um, And I thought to myself, most kids after college, they take some time off, they go to Europe, they maybe drink a little. <laughs> exactly. Maybe drink a little, <laughs> kick back in their house the summer. Um, I thought to myself, that's cool. I'll go to acting school. So I ended up uh, going to this acting conservatory in New York and about two classes in, I thought to myself, this is addictive. This feeling I got from performing and, and the sense of community you get as an actor, um, surrounding yourself with passionate, creative people who are all Sensitive and love to talk about their feelings and friendly, and so I just fell in love with the community of actors. I fell in love with the uh, the the feeling that it gave me when I was had the chance to perform, and then it kind of has been a slow evolution from there. You know, every step of the way has been a learning journey, and it's been difficult at times. I've had highs, I've had lows. And it's it's fun to talk about because it's it puts things in perspective for me. Sometimes I get very caught up in the moment of of what's happening on that day, but to look back right now, I'm like, you know, I'm getting kind of uh, sentimental and nostalgic about <laughs> uh, how long I've been in this crazy business. So yeah, that's that's sort of the intro. And I know we have, uh, you know, we've talked a little bit about just off 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 the record about. My journey to Fraser, so it'd be interesting to to try to wrap this story into into the show somehow too. So I'm not just sitting here for 45 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely, um, absolutely. But yeah, it's... my therapy my therapy session is until tomorrow morning. But you guys are getting like a, this is like a preview for me. Well, we feel very lucky. We feel very lucky. But it's it's interesting
2: because I think such an intensive course that that you went on, and obviously it just kind of lit this fire in you. It could have it could have maybe dissuaded a lot of would-be actors. It's yeah, probably very intense. You're suddenly confronting your emotions in a in a way that you were never doing before. And you're doing that in a group with other people. Um, and you're kind of you're bouncing off of each other. And I just think it's yeah, it's so wonderful to hear a real success story from one of those courses and kind of just, yeah, starting this whole path for you. Um, and as you say, we'll kind of trace that path uh to to Frasier, which I think, Steve, leads you to the next question. Well, the next question
1: brings us directly to Fraser. How did you get involved with Frasier? I mean, how did you suddenly appear on our screens uh, in one of our favorite shows?
0: This is great. This is great. Um, <laughs> so, so we're back. So I'll take you kind of uh, back to where I, I left off, which is New York City. Yeah. Um, I'm a graduate from college. So I do this six-week acting program. And I think to myself, this is what I want to do this. I'm going to go for it. You know, I had a degree in political science. So the first thing, you know, that comes to mind isn't necessarily, Oh, I'm going to be an actor with a degree in poli-sci. You know, I'd spent my, my last four years writing thesis and papers and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Um, but I fell in love with it and I enrolled in this two year program, um, at this acting conservatory, the William Esper studio. And I studied with this guy, Bill Esper. He was uh, 80 years old at the time. Um, has a long list of famous, notable alumni from his classes. So I felt very honored to be a part of this conservatory. Um, I did, my parents were like, you know, you're going to have to get a job. You're going to have to get a job as a restaurant server or something to support yourself while you're in school. So I said, fine, I'll do it. So I got a job at a cafe in New York City called Pastis. Pastis is in the meatpacking district, which is sort of... um, a fun, bustling part of town. A lot of celebrities apparently came into this uh, restaurant, and I remember I was it was a, a Wednesday morning in 2013. I had been in the school now for like a year and a half, so I was pretty comfortable in what I was doing. and I'd even been fortunate enough to do some plays and I was, you know, cutting my teeth as an actor. Mm-hmm. And one morning, Kelsey Grammer walks in with his pregnant wife uh, for breakfast. Wow! And uh, the manager came over to me and she's like, you know who that is, right? And I'm like, yeah, I recognize that's that's Kelsey Grammer, right? She said, yeah, you know, take good care of it. So I served him and his wife breakfast and just I wasn't necessarily nervous to meet somebody like that. It was more like, oh, this is kind of cool. Um, My sisters will love that. You know, I'll text them after work and say, <laughs> hey, I served this guy, Kelsey Grammer. Mm-hmm. I hadn't seen uh, the show Frasier at that point. Actually, um, it wasn't necessarily something that I watched, but I was very familiar with the popularity of the show and that he, I knew he was a very uh, renowned actor. So we had a great meal. Um, it lasted about an hour and a half. You know, he was being very friendly with me, and so was his wife. Just uh, kind of being polite and smiling, and you know, maybe a couple witty lines here and there. And then finally, as the meal is kind of closing. He said to me, hey, uh, you must be an actor. What's your story? And I said, I am an actor. Um, I'm in my final year of conservatory acting school uh, at the William Esper Studio and, uh, you know, doing plays here and there. And he said, why don't you write down your information and give it to me and I'll see if I can do anything for you. And so I got out a piece of paper and wrote my number, my cell phone and my email, and my name and gave it to him. And he walked away. He he said, it's great to meet you. And, and, and I'll see what I can do. He walked out. And I remember one of my coworkers said, uh, what just happened? I said, <laughs> yeah, he just, he asked for my information. I said, she was like, Are you kidding me? You know, everybody, everybody's an actor who's like working there. So they saw like that Kelsey Grammer asked for my information. And I was just kind of very humbled by the whole thing. So I didn't hear anything. You know, I I walked out of work that day thinking tomorrow I'm going to get a call from Kelsey Grammer. I'm going to be on some show. This is going to be great. My life's going to change. And then I didn't hear anything for over a year. You know, I'm just still cutting my teeth at the restaurant. I'm in school. And about a year and a half later, I was act- I was going through a bit of a rough patch. Um, my management at the time had decided to stop working with me. So I got dropped from my manager. I was actually, uh, I had been cast in a play and they replaced me. So I was like in a very dark time from my acting career. And so I was actually... I said, you know what? I'll do anything. I'll do a black box theater play. I'll do <laughs> a short film. And I ended up getting cast in this little black box theater play, uh production of Twelfth Night, the Shakespeare play. Wow. Um, in like this tiny 50-seat theater in Midtown Manhattan. So it's opening night of the play. I'm backstage. I'm playing the role of Orsino. Orsino. There's a, about to ask. Yes, of course. So... <laughs> Uh, about 20 minutes before the show is about to go up, I get a call from my manager at the time who had decided to stop working with me. And I'm like, why is she calling me? I didn't pick up. She left a message. She said, hey, Jack, um, I just got a call from a casting office in Los Angeles. And they said that Kelsey Grammer um, wants you to audition for a role in one of his shows. Please call me back. This is urgent. So I heard the message and I was thinking, you got to be kidding. So actually the play went up in the middle of the play. I have this like 20 or 30 minute break. So I go backstage <laughs> and I call her and I say, what's going on? She said, call this number. It's a casting office in LA. There's some show that Kelsey Grammer wants you to audition for. And I'm thinking, this is crazy. So I call the casting office. I'm backstage. I say, Hey, this is Jack, uh, Kelsey Grammer you know, recommended me to you they said oh yeah hey jack um so we're doing a show with martin lawrence and kelsey Grammer called partners um for <laughs> fx and kelsey Grammer recommended you for a role in the show and um, we're going to send you the script please make a tape and send it in by monday and i was thinking to myself wow this is this is this is my shot this is this a, is rail, you know, a yeah. massive stroke of luck um so the whole weekend I'm preparing this script um, and I'm doing my audition in my apartment on a self tape with a friend of mine who was significantly more experienced than I was. And the audition goes well. And I asked her, I'm like, do you think Kelsey Grammer going to see this audition tape? She goes, no, he's, he won't see it. He's just recommending you. And, you know, it has to go through like, you know, five or six different people before it even gets to him. And I said, okay, whatever. Well, I'm happy with what I did. And so I sent it in. Um, The next day, I get an email in my inbox from Kelsey Grammer. um, (laughs) And he says, he said, hey, Jack, um, I saw your audition tape. Great job. Um, If this doesn't work out, something else will. I'm really pulling for you. Keep in touch, Kelsey. Mm -hmm. And I was like blown away by the fact that He had even decided to go out of his way to write me a message. Yeah, And um, so I waited, I waited, and then I waited more. And then I waited even more after that. And finally, I saw that they had cast somebody else in the role. But I was sitting around for six weeks thinking, am I going to go to LA and be a part of this show? So I didn't get the part. But I remembered that he had left his cell phone number on the email and he had said, keep in touch. So being from California, I had flown back, I think it was around February of that year. Might have been 2014, <laughs> 2015. Um and I'm in LA visiting my family and I think to myself, I'm going to call Kelsey Grammer. He said keep in touch. He why, wouldn't why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? you I'm going to take that chance. <laughs> I'm going to cold call him out of the blue. So I literally picked up the phone one day I'm like I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. So I called him. Uh, he picked up, he said, Hello, I said, Hey, Kelsey, this is Jack, the actor, you know, just <laughs> trying to describe myself. And he immediately was like, he's like, Oh, yeah, hey, Jack, how's it going, man? I said, Look, um, I'm in town for a week or so. Um, if you have 15 minutes, or half an hour, I would love to grab a coffee and catch up. And he said, Oh, I'm I'm at the airport right now, but but when I get home, I'm gonna give you a call. We'll set something up. So about an hour later, he calls me and he says, Hey Jack, uh, you know, my wife and I are going out to dinner tonight with some friends. Do you want to join us? Wow. So <laughs> I'm like, Yes, I will yes, join us. Yes, I do. <laughs> so literally he, he invites me out to dinner with a group of like six people. And Kelsey's the type of guy, like he loves to, he loves dinners. He likes Mm. bringing people together. Um, He loves good food, very much like Yeah, um, I was going to say, it's exactly like he's, (laughs) you know, the, uh, yeah. So, so he he brought me out to dinner with him and a bunch of friends. Um, I'm hitting it off with all of them. They're a whole lot of fun, very charismatic, inviting group of people. And um, he says, Hey, actually, you know, there's a party for my agency tomorrow night. I don't know if you're doing anything, but you're more than welcome to come along and join us. There would probably be a lot of agents and people there who you might want to meet and network with. Um, and I thought to myself, this is surreal. So the next night it was actually Oscar's weekend that year. So there was like kind of a lot of parties and stuff going on. Big bustle in the area. Exactly. So he brought me along, um, to this party and, uh, it was just very surreal. Suddenly I was in a room of like 150 people and I would say 75% of them were recognizable faces like, Oh, there's Harrison Ford. Oh, there's a, you know, this person and that person. And I was kind of like, this is surreal. Um, but to be honest with you, it's that sort of relationship developed where, um, you know, I had a great time with them and, Anytime like he was in New York or I was in LA, he was like, keep in touch. Let me know what you're up to. Um, He got me actually a meeting with his representation at that time, but I was, you know, I hadn't developed really. I wasn't so far along where like the biggest agency in LA was going to take me on as a client, Mm -hmm. but he definitely connected me with his people, which was really nice. Mm -hmm. And um, over the next few years, like he was doing a show and, and uh, he did like Finding Neverland, the musical in New York. And he would say like, hey, come backstage and hang out and come to the show. And so he really took me under his wing. And funny enough, whenever we were hanging out, we never really talked about the business. We never really talked about acting. Mm-hmm. We more just kind of talked about life and um, and family and, and you know, movies and whatever so did you get a sense that that was important to him to kind of
2: yeah not talk shop as it were but to talk as as kind of two people connecting
0: i got a feeling pretty early on that he had a lot a lot of depth beyond just like the business yes and um you know i might talk about acting here and there but um it's it it became clear that wasn't necessarily something that we're gonna sit down and talk for two hours about acting technique. Um, But my relationship really developed with him uh, a couple years later, he was doing um, a movie in New York called Like Father. And I think Steve, this is one of your questions that you had uh, brought up to me. So I'm gonna kick it over to you for a hot second (laughs) and, 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 and cut my monologue in half here.
1: Well, I, I sort of was researching you as much as I could, which was fun actually to find out sort of little short films and, and music videos, or, or I think you played someone on, is it America's Most Wanted? And then yes. it, it said it said films you've seen that Jack's been in, and it said associated with, and it said Like Father. I thought, I don't remember seeing him in Like Father. I remember watching that film. I, I couldn't find to see a way of doing this. So I thought, I'll click through it. I had to search, and, search, and it said, jack noble like father assistant to mr grammar Hence, i have to ask you how did that happen
0: (laughs) so this is like chapter two of the of the jack noble kelsey grammar saga um so kelsey and i had been building this relationship and and this you know mentorship for lack of a better word um and he was in new york making this movie like Father, which took place in a few different locales. There was a New York unit of the production. There was a Miami unit. And then a lot of it was actually shot on a cruise ship. I was going to uh, say it was a week. lot
1: of it. was Yeah, with, was, it, was it Kristen Bell? Am I getting that name right?
0: Exactly. Chris, <laughs> Kristen Bell, Seth Rogen. Uh, That's it. And a lot of other very talented actors in that one. So during the New York unit, um, I was in touch with Kelsey and he said, hey, we're shooting in Central Park this whole week. I don't know if you're available, but come by and, and hang out for a day. And I said, absolutely. So uh, I show up to set and uh, and there I think it's maybe day two of this production. And um, Kelsey's like, one of the kind of themes was he was always helping me get inside of the room. Like he was also always helping me kind of get my foot through the door. Mm-hmm. And then he kind of left it up to me to build relationships from there. He wasn't necessarily the guy who's going to like, you you know, take me with uh, the golden key and open up everything for me. But he's like, show up to set, see if you can connect with anybody, see what happens. So he brought me to set this one day in Central Park. I had the best time. I'm, you know, on set watching him do his work, watching Kristen Bell, Seth Rogen. I thought I'm having more fun today than I've had all year. (laughs) <laughs> and I go home that night and I'm like, I don't want this fun to stop. I've got to find a way to get back on set tomorrow. And then the following day, I want to be a part of this production. And at that point, I wasn't even considering I want to roll as an actor. I thought that would be cool. But, you know, maybe there's no parts for me, but I still want to be a part of the production. So I sit in my apartment that night and I'm thinking, what, what, what is my way onto this production? I texted Kelsey. I said, hey, I had a great time uh, today. Thanks for bringing me on board. Is there any way I can continue working for you on this production as an assistant or in any role you might need some help? And he wrote me back and he said, if you're serious about this, show up to my apartment at 5 a.m. tomorrow morning with a... with a pound of decaf French roast coffee and a pound of Italian regular roast coffee. I I kid you not, that's exactly what he said to me. I'll see you tomorrow morning, Kelsey. And I thought to myself, okay, it's 10.30 p.m. I'm in Brooklyn, New York. I've got to find decaf French roast and regular Italian roast coffee. (laughs) So I go out to all these different corner stores looking for this particular coffee. I end up finding what I need after going to five different stores I wake up, I call my mom, I say, Kelsey wants me to be his assistant on this project. I gotta get to his apartment at 5 a.m. Can you please make sure that I'm awake and that I show up on time? So she's like, no problem, I'll call you at whatever time. I show up to the apartment, 4.59 a.m., got got both coffee in hand. He opens the door. He's an early riser, so he's already like awake. He's like, hey, Jack, good morning. I said, hey, I've got your (laughs) coffee here. So he takes the coffee. He looks at it. He goes, "Oh, these are ground beans. I wanted whole beans." Because <laughs> he wanted to grow uh, them himself, or yeah, <laughs> exactly. He had this like he had this like five thousand dollar espresso machine uh, in his beautiful apartment. Uh, and I, I'm looking at him like, "Oh my God, I'm so sorry. Do you want me to go out? I can get us." He's like, "No, it's okay, man. I'm, you know, we'll we'll figure it out." And it just goes to show, I think he was maybe like putting the burner on me a little bit, just testing me, seeing like how seriously I was going to take this job. Yeah. Um, But anyway, that whole week I was in his trailer running lines with him. I was kind of shadowing him. And, you know, in Central Park, when you're shooting, you're moving around to all these different locations. So I was just kind of like his shadow, you know, holding all of his belongings, you know, um, keeping in touch with like, you know, liaisons for production. Like, so I was sort of his, his gopher in a way. Um, and eventually after that week, the whole production was going to move down to Miami. And he said to me, do you want to come with us? Uh, I've got a spot for you on the the cruise ship. So I had kind of passed the initial test and he brought me on the production for the, the remaining two to three weeks. Um, and that was, I think in late, uh, September of 2017. So, I got a chance to, to work with him in that capacity, which was uh, very, very special. Um, there was, that's kind of where I think our relationship blossomed because I was spending, you know, 12, 13 hour days with him, you know, starting at 5.30 in the morning, ending at, at 6 p.m. at night. And um, we, we, our, our, I think our, our friendship and connection just even grew even more during that, that process um this is like chapter two of the of the saga i can't wait to continue guys but i want to try i want i want to kick it over to you so i'm not i hope your 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 listeners aren't aren't falling asleep already no
2: not at all it's just it's absolutely amazing to get this kind of yeah first-hand insight into into the industry into into working with kelsey and, and what he was like as a person from the sounds of it generous gregarious Kind of charismatic and and yeah that that kind of special relationship that you built is just such a such a wonderful thing. Um, and to kind of to, to rewind a little bit, presumably you gave the world's best Orsino performance after having that news when you were <laughs> on stage. I mean, the the, the the people have never seen such Shakespeare. I imagine from how buoyed you were. Um, but yeah, yes, it's just just absolutely amazing. Uh, I mean, oh. mentioning Twelfth Night, have you ever done any other kind of Shakespeare elsewhere? I ask, so, as a, I ask as an English teacher,
0: so I have a particular interest in Shakespeare. So that was actually the only Shakespeare play I've done officially. Mm. Um, I have done many Shakespeare classes where I've, uh, where I've done you know scenes from different uh, you know the Comedy of Errors. I did a scene from. Um, I've read Hamlet, you know, or I've done you know the Hamlet's monologues for auditions, etc. But Twelfth brilliant. Night was the only was the only um, actual. Uh, production that i've done
2: but it was that was such a such a great kind of little mini anecdote within that with that wider yeah. story um, um i guess that the next thing i want to ask is to what extent you were a fan of the original show growing up and of course you know you don't need to be like us kind of die yeah. hard nerds that pick apart the episode kind of week by week but um yeah to, to what extent were you kind of a fan of the show growing up or knowledge of it and kind of thinking you know This is a a kind of golden standard in in kind of sitcom terms, I guess.
0: Yeah. I I think my interest in the show began as my friendship with Kelsey began to uh, grow because I was thinking, okay, let me, I I should probably watch a few episodes and see what (laughs) the hype is about. Um, And so I definitely started watching a little bit um, as I grew to know him and um, And then actually, so to kind of take it full, almost full circle here with how did I actually end up on the show? um, uh, I would say about five years ago, I started to get the feeling like they might bring the show back. Mm. Um, And there was much creative vision for it at that point. But I remember, you know, uh, hearing kind of buzz of like, yeah, you know, we might do something and I'm not really sure what, but the show might come back. And then I was thinking to myself, okay, I should probably watch it and and get acquainted with the show. So I would watch episodes here and episodes there. And and I definitely saw immediately how timeless it was. And Mm. um, so I I grew to become a a fan of the show kind of in the last like five years. Um, And then, so how I kind of ended up on on the fraser show was uh (laughs) the the development of this reboot had continued and i started to get the feeling of okay maybe maybe there's a spot for me on here and um i had kind of become friends with kelsey's production people as well because just through like you know house parties and events where um i would just be sort of a fly on the wall essentially and um I heard that the, the basis of the show was going to be about his relationship with his son, Freddie. So I went back and watched all the Freddie episodes. Cause I'm thinking could I potentially play that role? Like <laughs> Maybe there's something for me here. You know, Absolutely. there's always that voice in your head. That's like, as an actor, you're always hungry for work. So yeah, I'm yeah. thinking it's, like you've got to be my- ambitious. You've got to be. Exactly. Exactly. So uh, it kind of became official that the show was going to be coming back and um Freddie, it's going to be about this relationship between Freddie and Frazier. And I thought, I've got to get my hands on the audition script and I've got to audition for this role. Mm. So the breakdown, which is like what happens when the show is being cast, they release this breakdown to all the industry uh, people and agents uh, came out. And I got my hands on the on the pilot script and I said, I said, I'm going to make a a tape for Freddie. Uh, I I, I didn't want to really go through Kelsey necessarily because it just felt more appropriate to go through uh, a little bit more of like an official route as opposed to just saying, Hey, can you let me play the supporting role in in your biggest comeback of your entire career? Can you just hand this over to me? So I said, all right, I'm going to make a tape and and send it in. So I made a tape uh, for Freddie actually uh, just unsolicited again cold call version of an audition Mm. and uh i spent the weekend preparing and made a tape and i i i at this point had become very good friends with uh one of the executive producers on the show um and i met with him for coffee and i said look no pressure i made this tape i'm gonna send it to you i understand you're looking at this actor and this actor and with that size of a role, you're probably going to want to get somebody with a little more experience than I have, but I would be kicking myself if I didn't put myself out there for this role. So here's this tape. Yeah. And I sent it in. They ended up going with Jack Cutmore Scott uh, for the role, obviously, but um, my friend said, you know, we we've gone with this actor and we're very excited, but you know, we'd love to have you come and, to some of the tapings of the show. Uh, You're more than welcome to come to any of the tapings, which I thought that was really cool and nice. So I started attending the tapings. Um, I think the first taping I saw was episode six, the blind date episode, um, which was amazing to see in person and um, hilarious. It's, and it's, I, it's, a I, very,
1: it's, it's a very farcical episode. It's very classic Frasier. If you've seen sort it, of the it, ski lodge and stuff like that, the mix them up, the dates going wrong,
0: it's yes. a classic Frasier episode. Brilliant. And, yeah, and uh, that was an amazing experience. And after the taping, so I'm sure eventually in our conversation we'll get to like the actual production, but um, <clears throat> after the tapings of the show, which lasts anywhere between you know four to, to eight hours, I think, uh kelsey has this little like after hours sort of after party in his production office and uh i got to talking with like joe Cristalli, who's one of the showrunners and writers i got to talking with different actors from the show so i was getting very much like the behind the scenes uh action and then i got invited back to to watch the show the following week and then i started eventually attending every week um I went back to my friend who's the executive producer and I said, Hey, I'm having such a blast watching this show. Is there, is there any way I can get, you know, some type of like, I'll bring coffee again. I was going back to like, I'll, I'll deliver coffee. I'll bring the French roast beans and there'll be whole beans this time. I promise. (laughs) Uh, And he said, look, I, we don't really have any openings. Um, but there might be something in the works for you as a role in the show. And I was thinking, what? And he said, we're thinking about adding to the fireman contingency. Um, and at that point, I kind of seen um, through, I think it was the bowling alley episode, Freddie's birthday. I had seen yeah. like, oh, Freddie's got this group of friends and they're all firemen at the firehouse. And um, the producer said, we're, we're thinking about adding on a character um, that I think you might be right for. So uh, he goes and it's happening very fast. It's very possible that you could appear in this season. And I thought, no pressure, this would be an amazing opportunity, um, but we'll see what happens. And then uh, about a a week or two later, um, they, they, they let me know like, Hey, um, we're going to go ahead and, and, and add you into the 10th episode. And um, it kind of just happened. Like, I think, A lot of it was probably because I had gone out of my way to make the tape for Freddie, So I kind of already auditioned for the show and um, they knew I could deliver in whatever capacity I was asked. So it just ended up coming to fruition. It was an amazing opportunity. Yeah. It's just, it's, yeah, sorry, sorry, Steve. Steve. I was just going to
1: say probably the same as you. It's just an amazing story and what a great anecdote of how you progressed from being an audience member to actually acting yeah. in, in, in the final episode, which is Reindeer Games, which, I mean, what was it like? I'm sort of jumping ahead a bit. What was it like acting in a Christmas episode, which I think you probably filmed <laughs> in sort of like July and you're now talking about it in the middle of February. What was that like? I mean,
0: is it strange being off-season but in-season? I thought it was... Uh it was pretty cool how they had it all planned out, you know, with the release of the show and that this was going to be they already knew this was going to be released on December 7th. And um, so I was excited. I I love, you know, and I I love that there was a a Hallmark kind of like, you know, they did a bit of a, a a bit about like Hallmark movies and Christmas movies. And um, honestly, the set was so beautiful uh, with the whole like Christmas spread that they have. Um, Mm -hmm. It was it was fun. I mean, it was kind of weird, like in the middle of May shooting something for Christmas, especially when like (laughs) the whole like I remember Kevin Daniels, character, Tiny, had this like ridiculous uh, tartan like uh, vest on and (laughs) like it. And then, yeah, just all of the the throwbacks to the original Frasier um, with like the dancing Santa. I, I thought it was it was very cool. Yeah, that was a lot of fun.
1: That's there were some amazing parts in that episode wasn't it i mean what was it like with nicholas lyndhurst and uh, anders keith running around trying to get the reindeer names out i mean were you trying try not to laugh when he delivers his line about blitzing <laughs> to you i mean
0: <laughs> i was uh yeah that those guys are so talented let me just give a quick shout out to anders and and nicholas lyndhurst who i'm sure i was actually not familiar with nicholas lyndhurst before this show um but i have some british actor friends and British fans in general who are like this guy's like iconic in yeah, England he is. Um, he is he really is a real institution <laughs> over here and he is the most unassuming humble wonderful wonderful guy um that is so talented and i had seen him in previous episodes as an audience member so i was familiar with his work and and also the dynamic that he has with anders which i feel like in the episode of, um, where Anders or David uh, becomes an assistant to, uh, or like yeah. a, a teacher's assistant to Nicholas. And I feel like seeing their dynamic develop where I think in the episode 10, they're sort of comrades at that point. Um, yeah, yeah. So to be even just like a little crumb in that storyline um, was fun. Those, yeah, it was at that point, you know, when you get to the actual taping of the show, you've rehearsed these scenes so many times. I mean, probably, uh, you know, you you do the table read and then you rehearse and you you block it out and then you you do run through. So I was already familiar with these jokes, and they they got even better and better as time went on, which was, uh, yeah, very talented and 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 great guys. I have nothing but great things to say about them. And obviously, so, so lovely to hear. You obviously had a massive privilege
1: as well working as, alongside Perry Gilpin, who guest starred in that episode. I mean, to bring Roz back in an episode that you happen to be in must have been absolutely amazing. It's I think it's actually I'm not I, I'm not confirming this, but I think it's actually the highest-rated episode of the new series on IMDb. I think it's 8.2, which is a very, very good thing. I mean, what, what's it like to be in an episode that good?
0: Uh wow, I didn't know that, but that's 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 cool. So uh as I became more acquainted with the show, um, I ended up starting to like binge and I watched episode after episode and I fell in love with Roz. Roz is like a, uh, in my opinion, like she's obviously one of the main characters of the show, but I think some of the highest level comedy of Frasier beats obviously besides the 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 great David Hyde Pierce and Kelsey and them going back and forth this some of the stuff between Roz and Frazier is my favorite from like watching um episode after episode you know what happens between them in the the radio booth and uh the whole radio station politics so I was a huge huge fan of her character um and I had actually met Harry Gilpin a few years back at one of Kelsey's Christmas famous Christmas parties. <laughs> uh, so I had actually like had some very casual conversations with her um, and to know I was going to get a chance to film with her and then suddenly be in the same frame as her was an honor. Um, it, from the moment that she sat down at the table read um, where this was, I think, the week prior to the actual taping of the show and seeing um, that that scene that she does with Frazier at the bar, where they're sort mm-hmm. of recapping of what has been going down the last few years, immediately I realized the gravity of what was about to happen. Mm. <clears throat> Her return to this character after so many years, it was really special. And the feeling inside the studio, um, the eruption of the audience when she appears and, and um, at that point, I don't think the audience knew that she was going to actually there might have been like a press release that came out about her return to the show. But I think a lot of the people didn't know, but the audience erupted and um, it was actually quite emotional They're watching their scene take okay. place in the bar. And um, and the fact that uh, the fact that I got to be in the, next to her and in the same frame was very cool. And I hope that. There's an opening for her in the continuation of the Fraser universe in some way, and that's my fingers crossed that um, for <laughs> for for the show to to get renewed and for for uh, Roz to have a storyline in the in the new Fraser version. I'm, I'm pulling for that. I mean, Are I'd, we- I'd love I'd love to ask. Is that going to happen? I know that you're probably
1: sworn to secrecy, even if you have been told by the network. So I know that you probably can't tell us. But trust me, we have got fingers crossed that there is a season two on the horizon. I'm really hoping. Is Nathan going to come back as a more regular fireman? You know, what I mean, you, we, we bloody hope so. Are you going to get a nickname, Thanks, guys? Sm- Smoky, Tiny, and Moose. What's your nickname going to be? You can't just be Nathan, Nate. You know, you're one of the guys.
0: <laughs> I know, right? I need my I need some creative, uh, some creative nickname um <laughs> honestly uh i i so i'm pulling for obviously. i hope that the show gets renewed and um i'm sure that you know based off the the audience reaction um and the 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 popularity from just how uh, what i saw i i i really do think that we'll be back i don't have any official inclination or official news of any kind. Um, I know it's still in consideration, so it's definitely not a no. Um, but, uh, and as far as my character, I I'm definitely pulling for, for a Nathan, uh, for more than one, a Nathan appearance in season two. (laughs) Um, my character just sort of got funneled in almost like he'd been there the whole time. Um, but I'm hoping that there's some storyline that develops,
1: We'll, um, we'll let
0: because... us know who that
1: executive producer is and we'll get our listeners to petition that nathan needs <laughs> we to be will. in season two don't worry we'll, we'll get we'll get onto your side there'll be a march we'll be on it. l.a a range <laughs> fire. yeah the rise of nathan the rise
2: of nathan <laughs> um <laughs> yeah. i mean we're probably getting towards uh the end of our, of our time with you um which has just been amazing um and we might ask steve might ask you about what's what's next for you in general in a yeah. moment but um i i just wanted to kind of Think about the sitcom as an environment for you as well, and, and it sounds like you had such a blast. Go, initially going to the tapings, and then kind of becoming a part of of the crew and the cast. And I suppose that as a quite unique environment as an actor is is the sitcom in general something that you'd you can see yourself doing more of in the future
0: or would like to. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. I I was so honored to be able to work in that medium um i know that you know i've done a lot of reading up on like jimmy burroughs and who obviously directed the episodes one and two and was so uh pivotal in the development of cheers and fraser and i i've heard him talk about the medium and how um it's definitely uh has it would a lot of times it's considered something of the of, of the past but um i i I really want to work in television. Um, I I think that the, uh, the, the relation that it has to theater is something that really is attractive to me. Um, not just with the fact that it's shot all in one place, but just the ensemble nature of the cast Absolutely, and, yeah. and the crew even too. Um, and the fact that from a, from a logistical standpoint, um, wanting to, Develop my life personally in Los Angeles to be able to be in one spot, showing up to work at the studio uh, to the same place every day, where this world that you've built is existing, is a really attractive thing to me. And the 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 fact that it's also, uh, you know, sitcoms are meant to uh, be uplifting and uh, they're lighthearted and they're meant to make people laugh is. A vi- that's also a very attractive thing to me. So I 100% hope to work in that medium, whether it's on Frasier or something else in the future.
2: Brilliant. I mean, I love, I love that kind of last message that you've just said there about what the sitcom means to you and what it means to people that love watching them because... So many of the listeners of the Frasier community constantly talk about the comfort and the coziness that it brings. and It's a show that feels like home. And that's something that we've dissected a lot on, on this podcast. So you're absolutely right. It's it's a wonderful medium for channeling that kind of spirit. And I guess it, it, as you are, if you're aligned with that, um, then it kind of just feels like a real special place to, to, to be. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Steve, do you want to? Ask anything else?
1: I mean, you've, you've kind of covered the last ones, which is what is it like to work in a sitcom and where do you see yourself going? What was it like with Kelsey directing? Because he directed the episode you were in.
0: You know, it, it it's truly remarkable to watch him work um, mm. behind the scenes. You know, first of all, just in my opinion, he's he is a master of his craft as an actor. Um, from watching Kelsey work back when I was his assistant on Like Father, you know, to watching him come into the role of Frasier again. It's it is a remarkable thing to watch. It's almost like watching a masterful magician, where you're just kind of watching his behavior and his delivery and his timing and his physicality is something that's so remarkable to watch. And that's just as an actor. Now, watching him direct, which I think he directed maybe three or four episodes of the the um season one of the revival, and, and a lot of the original Frasier episodes, it is a whole nother ball game. He's on his feet for 12 hours a day. You know, actors are just one small piece of the puzzle, but when you're talking about cameras and lighting and framing and movement of the camera and blocking of actors, it's, you know, there's a reason why a lot of actors just act and they don't direct because it's, <laughs> it is, a, it's another side of the brain. So, you know, we'd be rehearsing as actors working the scenes, and then we'd kind of get a break and we'd go off and have lunch and then Kelsey's sticking around for another four hours, with the entire camera crew and four different cameras that we're working with setting up the shot. And the and so that's just in the preparation of the episode. And then the actual shooting, we're doing the scenes and we're cutting, and then he's making adjustments to all of these other elements while he's also carrying the show on his back as an actor. And I remember my mom was in the audience uh, of my episode and afterwards, she was like jack how does kelsey do it i i mean it's insane to watch this man carry the show as an actor and then (laughs) do all of the other uh elements simultaneously um so i would say my my own take on it is just like it's watching it's like watching uh, a brilliant magician do this act where it just happens and it seems fluid and natural and it, he makes it look easy. So I have nothing but greater respect for him. And, and I, I think that uh, he could probably have a career as a director aside from all of his acting <laughs> accolades as well. Brilliant,
2: brilliant brilliant yeah it's amazing to, to kind of get that that insight of yeah what he's like behind the camera as well as you say people forget that it is a 12-hour a stint and he is sitting well not sitting down he's standing and talking to the production team and to the cameramen and camera women and just yeah amazing um i mean our last question i guess really is what what what's next for you in terms of what your kind of short term plan your long term plan beyond sure. sitcoms beyond frasier what can we look forward to what are you looking forward to i guess what what do you want to leave us with from this amazing
0: kind of journey you've you've shared sure so you know frasier was definitely for me the the biggest moment in my career thus far and um uh, so my goal is to continue working on that show and and have the show get renewed and hopefully Absolutely. see a continuation of my character and and beyond that, to get to work in the medium of television and film um, with talented, inspiring people. And um, whether it be a, a miniseries or another sitcom or perhaps a film, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm just a humble actor looking for his next job. You know, <laughs> so I hope that, uh, you know, just for more auditions and and more opportunities to uh, to, to work in the field, it's it's a wide open uh, it's a wide open horizon for me. Um, I love what I do and, um, uh, I, I just want to be able to continue in, yeah in, in some form or fashion. It, it's so clear
2: that you love what you do, Jack, the way you speak about your kind of journey, the way you speak about recent kind of events in your life and past, it's just infectious. You clearly get so much joy from this and we want every success for you as well. And we hope that we're speaking to you again in a year or two or three years and, you know, so there's, there's something else for us to talk about, you know, some new thing in, in your kind of career, which I'm sure will be brilliant. Um, but yeah, your, your kind of passion for what you do, your humility as well, and your your generosity in coming on and speaking about it to us kind of, you're a humble actor. You say, well, we're humble podcast hosts. And we're very, very <laughs> lucky to, very lucky to have you and share these insights that we've just never had before. And I know we've got a lot of listeners who just love this show so much that, the things you've said today are going to be brand new to them it's an insight that they they won't have heard before and it's just yeah it's it's wonderful that you've that you've shared it with us um and i guess i'll i'll, I'll give steve the parting words because it was he who kind of broached this this wonderful relationship and made this happen
1: yeah, I'm. I'm good at pestering people online, as Jack knows. I've pestered him for
2: about <laughs> four, or, four or five
1: months now by uh, messaging. And and like like Will said, and I can't say it enough thank you for your time today, Jack, and and thanks for always being so accommodating to me, pestering you online, and for you know giving me answers when I've asked you questions. You never had to reply in the first place, and you've always been such a lovely man to me. And um, I'm, I'm really glad we made that connection because this has happened, and I've learned a lot from you, and I, I'm. I'm really enjoying following following your little career going and let's see where it goes next let's see how big it gets exactly and and you know there was once a man called tom duran a character on fraser actually and you may know him he was played by eric loops And Eric Lutz credits Fraser as his biggest thing that ever happened because he then went on to do four seasons of Caroline in the City from that one appearance in Fraser. So you never know what is around the corner for you. And um, I'm sure Kelsey and is it Jeff Greenberg, the casting director? Yes, sir. the, those people are the people who have got you to where you are so far. And I hope they really catapult your career further. Like they did for Eric, Eric back in the nineties. So um, yeah. like I say, again, thank you for your time today. And thanks. Thank for, you guys. Thanks for being you. Do you know what I mean? And, and let's, you know, let's see what 2024 brings for you.
0: And I just want to say to you guys and to all of the the people in the Fraserverse, verse, you know, thank you for your support. I know I've expressed this to you, Steve, through writing online, but this is what keeps the show going, and the dedication that you guys have for keeping this podcast going. I know that you've done, I think, 150 episodes. Th- which this is truly... will be the 150th, which we're really yeah, pleased about. You're our know, milestone to, to have you as the milestone. <laughs> it's amazing that that is, no, that is no small feat. And uh, your passion for the show, uh, your enthusiasm is something that I'm extremely grateful for, and for everybody out there who is a fan of the show and keeps the tradition going um i'm just extremely grateful for, so i'm echoing your sentiment right back to you guys uh it's been such a pleasure to chat with you about the show i think my another appearance in episode 250 would be <laughs> it would be great so please pencil me in we would love to we would love to and 100%, listeners 100%. i hope
2: I hope you've enjoyed that that brilliant interview. Um, Other than that, I've been Will. I've been Steve. And thank you very much for listening to We're Listening.
1: Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling, tossed
0: salads and
1: scrambled eggs. Oh, man. And maybe
0: I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe. But I got you, pegs.
2: Ha, ha,
1: ha, ha. But I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs